Hi, this is Frisky Dog, the Barbecue Wizard, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Bye-bye. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how you want? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the... In the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet before Wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It is the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome aboard. If you've missed the first hour, you've missed a lot. You missed copyright talk. You missed a monicum of trademark talk. You missed the reveal of my brand new trademark paperwork coming from Suzanne Moskowitz as well from keeptm.com or the Moskowitz firm, whichever you prefer. You also missed Derek Riches talking about the release of the new slash revamped Weber Genesis line. His thoughts on that. We also used a bit about what is happening with Traeger stock at once towards $32 a share. Now, not even 10 bucks. What's going on there? So if you missed it, we are recording and you'll get the first hour coming up in about two hours from now or tomorrow afternoon, morning, whenever you get it. And the second hour will be up Thursday. I'll talk to you about Friday here in just one second. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for live video feeds. VMix and Facebook decided to play well again. And now all of the proper platforms are running together in sanctimous harmoniousisms which is completely wrong on the English. I'm sorry. I was getting there, but it just didn't happen. So I can see all your chats. I couldn't last week, but now I can see them all there. So if you're on Twitch or Facebook or YouTube, I'm seeing everything as it's running through here and happy to have you there. Uh, you can also find one on YouTube slash RD Rempe for a live video feed or just get the audio on Clubhouse. By the way, next segment, we will start with the embedded correspondence, as you know. And as you might know, when we lead the embedded correspondence segment, we do something called the 100% Assurity Picks. And if you would like to give your 100% Assurity Pick along with Rusty and Doug and John and myself, all you have to do is get on the clubhouse room or get in the clubhouse room, raise your hand when I tell you, and then who's ever in that raises their hand first, I'll just pick you and you can give your answers along with us. It's very exciting for you. It's very fun for you. And Rusty and John and Doug and myself, we're just trying to give back to the community that supports us. That's it. That's all we're trying to do. Add a little fun and frivolity. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 213. 4 9 2013. Does April 9th, 2013 mean anything to you? Probably not. But stemming 
from the events that transpired from a barbecue contest that occurred on August 11th, 2012, 8-11-12. Does that date mean anything to you? Also, this was a request from Lance Owen, barbecue realtor to the stars in the luxury paradise of Kona, Hawaii, the longtime fan of the show. And we take you back to 2011. A barbecue competitor was banned from competitions for life. Why? Because according to reports, he wore a penis and balls apron to the awards <laughs> stage. Kids saw it. Women saw it. Other man folks saw it. It did not go over very well at all. To the tune of him getting a pretty stiff punishment from KCBS. In this best moments, I actually talked to the guy who was the offender or accused. But let's say offender, and we got his complete side of the story. His name was Daniel is Daniel Pomerantz, who wore the penis and balls apron to the award stage. We got his total side of the story back in the day. This was a huge deal back in 2011. I remember hearing scuttlebutt about it. I remember hearing somebody got a lifetime ban. I remember hearing the words penis and balls and apron. And was completely shocked, to say the least. So, if you have never heard it, you can go right back to this Friday where I give you, or John gives you a eight-minute clip of what that sounded like. We tackled it all on this show. And I'm 100% sure, more sure than anything in my life, that if you've never done it before and you're a regular listener of the best moments portion, that you will hit the full link episode that is in the show notes to check out the full interview. I have no doubt that this will be one of those shows that gets spit back up into hundreds and hundreds of new downloads because it was lost 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was, August 11th, 2012. So, Thanks to Lance for the request, number one. Thanks to John for putting it together. And don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment again that has been lost in the archives, email John and let him know what you would like to hear, just like Lance did. Lance said, hey, I want to hear about penis and balls. You got anything about that? John's like, you bet I do. <laughs> I can do it. And then there's this. Uh-oh. As I had referenced at the top of the show, there were a number of things that set someone off about the Weber interview from last week, not the least of which is this. And a number of you took me to task right away, right after the show. Oh, you let him slide. Oh, why didn't you say this when he brought that up? Or why didn't you say that when he mentioned this? I don't make any excuses here other than this. When the show is happening live, I'm the only dude running the show. I'm engineering the show. I'm producing the show. I have a whole bunch of bullshit electronics that you can't see because the camera's facing this way. But if you look this way, it would probably make your head spin. So sometimes 
I don't like to pull the curtain back like this all the time, but sometimes when the guest is talking, I'm not paying 100% attention. Andrew, you are are not paying attention. Sometimes it happens. So when I was re-listening to the show on, or the first hour of the show on Wednesday morning, the drive into work, I heard exactly what you guys wrote in about, and nobody was more disappointed than me that it went over my head because I was not Andrew, you are not, not paying God. attention. But in case you missed it, this is what Dustin said. I tell you, we have a lot of things in the work. Like you said, though, it's a matter of taking that concept and getting it right. I mean, the the worst thing that somebody or a company can do is put a concept out there. It doesn't work. And you just get dragged to the mud for it. I asked him about other technology. We were talking about thermostatically controlled grills. I said, do you have something like this in the works? And he said, uh, that was the setup. Do you have anything else in the works? And this is what's his reply. I tell you, we have a lot of things in the work. Like you said, though, it's a matter of taking that concept and getting it right. I mean, the, the worst thing that somebody or a company can do is put a concept out there. It doesn't work. And you just get dragged to the mud for it. You mean like the Weber smoke fire? <laughs> I don't know where I missed it. The floodgates were open. The doors were open. The streets were on fire. I missed it. Totally missed it. Perfect setup. I would hazard a guess that at this point, and having asked the previous version of Dustin Green, that being Kevin Coleman, does Weber really think that the Weber smoke fire was a winner? And uh, to his credit, Kevin Coleman stood by that thing. If he offered him a parachute to jump off, I believe he would go down with that plane on fire, crashing into the ground. But I didn't to Dustin. So I apologize to everybody that thought I let that slide. Believe me, after I heard it, I'm like, hey, why didn't I say anything about the Weber smoke fire? I don't think anybody that is employed, contracted, or related to Weber would sit there and say that the Weber smoke fire at launch and for months after was an unmitigated disaster. But all you have to do is go back through the internet lore and forums and Facebook pages and social media. It was an unmitigated disaster. There was no mitigating it. It was on fire. That's why Barbecue Smokey called it the Weber Smoker Fire, because it was on fire. Literally. Now, (laughs) then the pandemic hit, and you never heard about it again. Thank you, COVID. By the way, Weber, if you want to sponsor the show, I'm all in. You got to take the good with the bad. I'll take a lot of money, and you can take some hits sometimes, but you can also take the praise. Let's do this. We've waited long enough. Let's get together. Come on. All right. The embedded correspondents are all ready to go. I will talk to you quickly about Big Pop Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue and grilling related. Everything at Big Pop Balls, (laughs) everything at Big Pop Smokers has been 
handpicked by Sterling, Big Papa Ball himself, from the award-winning rubs and sauces, the American-made grills and smokers. 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in backyards. Transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary. Here's what I did over the weekend with some Butcher Shop Prime steaks that I had shipped up from Kevin Green's shop, which, by the way, I paid for. I'm learning Suzanne Moskowitz. I paid for those. Double secret steak rub, base layer, cash cow. No, cash cow bottom layer, base layer, and then double secret steak rub on top of that. Holy moly, what a winner. Just ask Maddie's boyfriend. I thought that kid's head was going to explode with the flavor in his mouth. Now, aside from the rubs and, and seasonings, they have the barbecue sauce as well, Granny's barbecue sauce, and they're selling cookers, versatile smoker that's easy to use, the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Cooker. Also mentioned that to Jason Kaplan earlier today for Pellet Cooker to buy. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Take a look at the old Hickory Ace BP. Big Papa keeps one on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. And we are back with the embedded correspondence right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of Pit Barrel Cooker accessories. Whether you are a beginner or a professional, it's definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com. Tell them Barbecue Central Show sent you. In fact, I got a call from Amber Glanville today because I got a call from Noah Glanville last week. And after he got done pounding me in the balls, and I won't go into it any more than that, he offered up a challenge. So now I am trying to put that challenge into play. And what does that mean for you? I'll tell you. A Barbecue exactly. Central Show exclusive news update. Greg Rempe reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. The city breaking the most live fire breaking news as it breaks across the country. Nay, the globe. What it means for you is if I can put it together and you either want a pit barrel or you've been thinking about getting a pit barrel and you've been on the fence in either scenario, what I'm trying to put together, quite possibly, will send you diving over the fence in a positive fashion. That's all I can say at the moment. But just know that when I'm talking about deals, special events, breaking news, it's only to the benefit of the show Centralites, and that's it. Hey, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour, and we know what that means. That means we have a visit from none other... And the embedded correspondence, that's right. 
There they are to my top right as you're looking at the television screen. Doug Shiding of Rogue Cookers, the longest-running embedded correspondent hailing from Texas. Below me is John Solberg, the second-longest-running embedded correspondent from the great state of Michigan. And Caddy down to the right is the third-longest-running embedded correspondent from the great city of Utah and pitmaster of Salt City Barbecue and the associated food trailer, Rusty Monson joining us here on the show. So, guys, always appreciate the time. Now, let's quickly do this. We're going to, aha, uh-huh, yes, Guy Chisholm <coughs> is ready to rock and roll on the All right. clubhouse here. So, he is, uh, his hand is raised. I'm inviting him on stage. So, Guy, I think you just need to accept whatever the hell I did. And you'll be ready to go. So, Gents, everybody ready to play a round of the uh, uh, 100% assurity pick? All right. I like it. You know, I really love this clubhouse. Except for the fact that it is really damn hard to get somebody from the audience onto the stage. I mean, what the hell does the guy have to do? I'm hitting invite on stage, and it's just not working. Guy, I apologize. I'm trying to get you up here, and it's it's just not working. You work on that on your side, Guy, and I will entertain my regularly scheduled monthly guests. Here we go. First one. Gents, 100% yes or 100% no. Weber was correct in sending out that apology letter last week referencing meatloaf, both the recipe that they sent out first, then learning of the ultimate demise of meatloaf, the singer issuing the apology. 100% yes or 100% no, they were correct in sending it out. Doug? To quote meatloaf for crying out loud, no. (laughs) Is that a quote? Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no. Weber was correct in sending out that apology letter last week referencing meatloaf. No, not at all. They shouldn't. No. Hey, Rusty, speak into that microphone again. Can you hear me? Tap the microphone. No, I don't think you have the right microphone on this time. Interesting. Yes. You fiddle around with your settings. I'm turning your sound off now. I can't stand for such nonsense. John, 100% yes or 100% no. Weber was correct in sending out that apology letter last week referencing meatloaf. 100% no. I would not have noticed the meatloaf recipe. (laughs) Well, I think this is one of the very few times we are going to draw what I call a... 100% 100% assurity agreeance. I also believe no. And this guy somehow figured it out. We go out to the paradise of Kona, Hawaii, and welcome in Lance Owen. Lance, 100% yes or 100% no. Weber was correct in sending out that apology letter last week referencing meatloaf. 100% no. 100% no. All right. Five out of five ain't bad. Rusty, how about now? I don't know. Does it sound better? No, it does not sound better. Sounds like I'm going to bounce and I'll be right back. You bounce and be right back. 
Lance will pick up your light work here. Don't worry about it, Rusty. Question number two. 100% yes or 100% no. 2022 will be the year for the rise and domination of the wireless thermometer market. Lance Owen. 100% yes. Oh, okay. Now we're positive right out of the game. like it. John, 100% yes or 100% no, 2022 will be the year for the rise and domination of wireless thermometer market. Lead pipe block, 100% no. Oh. Get that big stuff out of here. Doug, 100% yes or 100% no? I'm all in, yes. Okay. Rusty is still bounced. We go to me for a 100% yes or 100% no. I have to go no. So we're tied. John and I have taken the contrary. Doug and Lance have taken the positive. And Rusty has not moved for over five seconds, which means he is not in. So we will come back to him once he rejoins us. And he will break the tie in any event. We'll move on to question number three. And we'll go back to Lance Owen for this one. 100% yes or 100% no. Lance... Will Meathead ever complete the second book he talks about time and time again? <laughs> Not in 2022. <laughs> That's a 100% no. Lance in Hawaii. Doug, 100% yes or 100% no. Meathead will never complete that second book. I think this is a double negative. It is. Again. No, he will. No, he will. Oh. So, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let me go back to Lance. Lance, do you want to change your answer since it's a double negative? <laughs> I'm. My answer is he will not finish the book. All right, so you're with a yes. There you go. He's a yes. He's a yes. We go to John Solberg. Yes or no, Meathead will never complete the second book. 100% yes, he will never complete the second book. Uh, still no Rusty on the video finder here, so we'll go to me. And I will agree with Lance and John. He will not complete that second book. I believe, you know what? I don't even believe that he wants to complete the second book. He has, uh, to me, talked on this show at length about his labor more than love of the first book, even with the success. He has been tainted with money. And I think ultimately he will not, not... You are not. He will not complete that second book. Rusty. Can you hear me better? Yes, there he is. Very good. He's back. Back at it. Back and better than ever, as we would say. So you're two behind here, Rusty. So let's go ahead and get you caught up. 100% yes or 100% no. 2022 will be the year for the rise and domination of the wireless thermometer market. By the way, you're breaking a tie on this. I'm going to say yes, though I hate it so bad. But yeah, I think it will be. Right? So you agree with Lance and Doug. John and I took the contrary position, which I'm sure is shocking to you. 100% yes or 100% no in the second one that you missed. Two weeks, I'm sorry, uh, 100% yes or 100% no. Meathead will never complete the second book that he talks about. This is a double negative. This is a double negative question right off the bat. Just want to make sure... Meathead will never complete the second book. 
No, he will not. He will. Yes, he will complete the second book. All right. Is that right? Is that right? I so think he's a no. Right. So the the yes. So he's means, a no, which means yes, he'll complete. Right. Okay. Yeah. You're a no. I got to do better at wording these things. This is yeah, you do. The third, this is the third month in in double negatives. I got to run my double negative questions by Doug to make sure that we're asking this. In my head, it sounds absolutely like a no-brainer, but then I, when it counts, somehow it kicks in. Anyway, we're going back to Lance Owen from Kona, Hawaii to give us his 100% yes or 100% no answer to this question. Two weeks ago, Meathead was taken way out of context and did not mean anything negative to women about not knowing how to use gas grills. He, I believe, was taken out of context. All right. Rusty, two weeks ago, Meathead was taken way out of context and did not mean anything negative to women about not knowing how to use gas grills. 100% yes or 100% no. He was taken out of context. I listened and it didn't, it didn't even phase me. Doug, yes or no? The issue is the word way. I'm going to say no, but I'm going to say he didn't mean it, but perception's reality. John, yes or no? I, I'd like to abstain, but I'm not gonna. I I listened to the show. I missed it, and was I like off in the Magic Kingdom when he said it? I did the playback. I didn't pick it up. Um, but knowing I'm gonna go with. So that said, <laughs> you know, was he taken out of context? No, he was not taken out of context. Right. I'm going. I'm going with that in the dark. Uh, me was he taken out of context? <sighs> I don't it think says he was way. I don't was he says, taken way out of context. Way out of context. Yes, he was taken way out of context. My my feel. However, as Doug said, you're completely entitled to feel the way that you want to feel. We go back to Lance Owen for this question. 100% yes or 100% no. Lance, since our last visit, have you tried pickled bologna? <laughs> That's an absolute no, never going to happen. 100%. Never going to happen. Huh? Don't say never. We might ship you a bottle of pickled bologna. So don't count your chickens before they don't count your horses before they run around the arena that you just dragged. Doug, 100% yes or 100% no, you've tried pickled bologna since our last visit. No, I actually looked for it though. All right. Halfway there. Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no on pickled bologna. Since our last talk, I have not. But like Doug, I looked closer. I looked well, this is going to sound weird. John, since our last visit, have you had pickled bologna? Several times. Yes, of course. Yes, several times. All right. Now, look. For me, 100% yes or 100% no, five days ago, I finished the jug that John sent me. So, yes. It was delicious. Uh, I don't. I I didn't deviate. It was only sliced bologna, white bread, American cheese, and mustard. Some people might think the mustard puts the pickled part over the top. However, I'm a huge fan of vinegar in general. I thought this amp the the mustard amped up the vinegar profile. 
of the bologna. And by the way, I think pickled pickled might lead, if you've never had it, to a little bit of a misinterpretation of what that flavor is actually going to be. It's way more vinegar than pickle, like pickle brine or whatever. So I thought it, the, the match was great. Maybe a little too over the top if you're not too vinegary of a person, but very delicious. So, John, thank you very much for sending me one. Second to last assurity pick, we go back to Hawaii. Lance, 100% yes or 100% no as it relates to KCBS competitions. Pork collar will be the preferred choice of competition cooks for cooking, uh, for cooking pork across America. You know, as we don't have any contest out here and I'm not familiar with that, can I abstain from this question? No, you have to give a 100% yes or 100% no. What are you talking about? 100% yes. All right. Good man. Going to pick something and stick with John Solberg. 100% yes or 100% no as it relates to competitions from KCBS. Pork collar will be the preferred 100%. choice. 100% no. No. Not happening. Let's go to a couple competitors. Doug, 100% yes or 100% no. KCBS will see the rise of pork collar. No. Hmm. Wow. Rusty, KCBS, will see pork collar as the preferred choice of pork for competitions across America. 100% yes or 100% no? 100%. Oh, yeah. Easy. So that was Lance taking a stab in the dark with a positive, Rusty with a positive, two negatives from Doug and John. That leaves me. To break the tie. And contrary to popular belief, yes, this will be a thing in 2022 with the change of the rule. You can now use pork collar. And it's my thought that pork collar is also going to encompass the money muscle, which is a very big thing for teams still. So I think you will see pork collar rise to cataclysmic fame here in 2022. Rusty, do you think it will see cataclysmic success or just success? I think it'll be successful, and then people just will go back to putting more stuff in the box and, you know, mm-hmm. different stuff like that. I think it'll, it'll kind of peak. It'll go, hell yeah, and then people are like, hey, nah, we'll go back to normal. Doug, similar you know, thought on to- that? Yeah, I mean, uh, people use money muscle uh, pretty much down here in CBA, but, uh, yeah, I, I I just don't. There's too many options in, in a pork butt. Last question. 100% yes or 100% no, Lance. You will own a thermostatically controlled gas grill. 100% no. John, 100% yes or 100% no? Oh, 100% hell yes. I'm not missing yes. this trend. <laughs> Doug, 100% yes or 100% no? Count me out. No. A lot of controversy this month. I love it. Uh, Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no? You will own a thermostatically controlled gas grill. I've wanted to get a gas grill, and if you're going to get one, it's going to be this one. So absolutely yes. Right. Are we back tied again? Right. Yes. I will go ahead and. Break the tie one more time. 100% yes or 100% no. I will own a 
emphatically controlled gas grill. No. Why? Because I'm not a woman. <laughs> just kidding, ladies. Just kidding. <laughs> Come on. You know I'm just joking. Uh, I will not. I will not own a thermostatically controlled gas grill. Oh, however, let's re-go back around the dais real quick. Lance, uh, you said yes, right, Lance? I said no. Oh, you said no. If somebody sent it to you for free, would you take it? Yes. All right. John, you said yes. Uh, Doug, you said no. If somebody sent it to you for free, would you take it? Yeah, I'd take it. All right. And uh, Rusty, you would take one for free? Yeah. All right. Look at us. Lance Owen joining us from the magical paradise of Kona, Hawaii, and realtor to the superstars out there in that paradise. Lance, anything you would like to promote before I let you go? Hey, just our website, KonaHomeTeam.com. If we can help you with any real estate needs in the state of Hawaii, just give me a call. All right, there he is, Lance Owen, joining us once again. By the way, I apologize to whoever was trying to come up that I can't remember right off the top of my head, but not sure exactly what happened there. And there you go. So it's fun. If you want to take part in 100% Assurity Picks going forward, Joining Doug and Rusty, John, and myself, all you have to do is join us for that first interview segment, the fourth Tuesday of the month and the second hour through Clubhouse. I'm not sure exactly how we get connected, but sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and then you can share some stardom with the three embedded correspondents and myself. All right, guys, you stick by here, and then we'll get into some other hot topics. I will go ahead and keep pace with the clock and talk to you about what? Do wellness. David Leans, my pal David McDowell. We talked about goal setting last week. We talked about things that you need to do since we are already into the first of the year to get you on the right track. I know a lot of us make a habit of getting seconds and thirds and fourths when we eat barbecue. I mean, we listen to this show because we love everything about barbecue. We love especially eating barbecue. Maybe you've heard that having a dad bod was cool. Well, take it from a hunk like me. There's nothing sexy about wearing your gluttony everywhere you go. Not to mention, being overweight increases the risk of all causes of mortality, including strokes, most cancers, coronary artery disease, sleep apnea, hypertension, osteoarthritis, mental illness, and the list goes on. Making the decision to change decades-old food habits can mean the difference between you attaining your health goals versus dealing with unknown health challenges that you and your family will have to face down the line. Luckily, thanks to my pal, David McDowell, also a backyard barbecue enthusiast, follow him on Instagram at Earl's Cookout. You can eat barbecue all year round and still lose the fat. With David, you've got an assistant around the clock. He's just a text message, an iMessage, or a WhatsApp message away. He's also available on FaceTime, Zoom, or WhatsApp video chat whenever you need him. He's even there on short notice. Now, while some coaches are charging upwards of $500 or more a month, a month for a canned diet plan and one, two check-ins a month, forget that. Partnering with David allows you access to a resource who's available effectively 24-7. So here's what you do. Go to the website, davidleans, L-E-A-N-S, davidleans.com slash bbq. And sign up right now, 200 bucks a month. Call David, 
get that initial consultation, work out the whole situation on what you want to look like, things you want to screw, uh, things you want to eat, things you want to drop, how you want to look. Going to get you through a whole process, get you some diet plans, the whole deal. If you need to just check in mentally, he's do there, help you do that as well. That's tough. You make the decision that you want to change, but you don't believe that how am I actually going to do this? You need some help. Dave is there to do it. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. That's DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. And get yourself on your way to 2022's health and wellness success. That's right. We are back with more Barbecue Central Show and Embedded Correspondence. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, this portion being brought to you by Smithfield. Head to smithfield.com right now for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth, Jess Priles, and Charles Cridlin. Mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients. Smithfield's fresh pork is quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy. The trusted choice of top cooks for use in competitions and at home. Go to smithfield.com or if you're competing Smoking with smithfield.com to report your first place finishes in pork and ribs. Uh, by the way, I do want to say thank you to John Paul Bofsky for the super chat of 10 bucks. John, I don't know if there's any way you can like retract that. Uh, YouTube and I have had a long standing hatred of each other. Uh, you can give me that money, but I'm never going to see that money. I have show sponsors. I appreciate the idea here. But if there's any way you can like uh, refund yourself, maybe I can do that. Uh, no need to uh, super chat me ten bucks. I mean, if you really feel like you need to send me money, ask me for my address, and uh, you can send me cash multiples of one hundred. Otherwise, just know that I appreciate you tuning in, and and that's good. But uh, I hate YouTube with a burning desire, and they hate me just as well, perhaps even more. So uh, that's Smithfield.com. All right, guys. So we have a couple other topics for discussion here. And this is a two part. So over the life of the show, I and some others have taken a dump on the meter product. We touched a little bit about this in the 100% assurity picks as well, but wanted to dig into it a little bit more here. So where did you guys feel the wireless thermometer environment is right now? Let's go to John first because he is a well-known and respected tester. He does a bunch of work for number of other big names that we won't talk about here. But, John, where do you feel the environment of wireless thermometering is right now? I think it's really, really interesting. And here's a, a point. Two and a half, three years ago, I reviewed most of the products that were coming out. All of a sudden, I'm reviewing those exact same products again. Hmm. I'm starting to get those same products. The products are updated. They're, they're the newer version. But it's like we're starting all over again. So I haven't actually physically got my first one in the mail. It's coming, and it is the updated version of, of a meat stick, a, a, which I reviewed two and a half years ago. So, and I, they had mediocre reviews then. So I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with them. Um, but I still don't think we're pushing into the stratosphere with them yet. But we're gaining ground. 
when you look at mediocre reviews two or three years ago, if you can remember, were you also impressed just because there was no wires or is mediocre, mediocre regardless? You know, the products have always been fairly consistent in their performance. The mediocre side comes in the, the things that surround the product. I'll say the charging block, even the case it comes in, uh, the Wi-Fi bridge uh, and its ease of use. But for the most part, all of the actual thermometer probes, the pencils, I call them, have been consistent and worked exactly the way that they're described to work. It's the ancillary products that are mediocre. Doug, where do you think the wireless thermometer environment is right now? Well, no one kind of crapped on meter bigger than I than after the two years of, uh, you know, the <laughs> the Kickstarter program where I didn't get my product, et cetera. And then when I got it, it, it to me, it didn't work. So the the meter, original meter was terrible to stick. And then the, the block was, was really no better. Um, I'm not an idiot, but I could only get the Wi-Fi to work one out of 10 times. So I, I gave up on it for a, a long while until actually when uh, Traeger bought them and then the meter plus came out. And so that meter plus acts like a little block on its own and it stinking works. It's Bluetooth, but it, you know, has a pretty good range of, you know, of 165 degrees, uh, feet, sorry. So, um, you know, I'm surprised that there hasn't been others in the market. Rusty, where do you think, or how do you feel we are right now in the wireless thermometering market and environment? I think it's still all new, you know, obviously, you know, you look at a computer in the seventies and it takes up a whole room and, and a meter right now takes up a whole brisket. So I think they have a lot of, I think if you can kill someone with it, you, it shouldn't, you know, be a thermometer. So if you can like protect your family with a wireless probe, you know, you should probably wait till they dumb it down a little bit. Um, in a competition world, it's completely useless, obviously, but in a, in a, a backyard situation, I think they're pretty cool. I mean, you know, they leave huge holes and it's, it's interesting. And I don't know how accurate they are down to the precise um, temperature, but I don't think it really matters too much. So I think it's cool. I, it'd be interesting to see where there are in three or four years. I, I hope they get smaller. That's what I hope. Cause right now I wouldn't use them just cause God, they just gouge meat. Doug, you go first. John can follow up. How accurate are the measurements once they're inserted? Actually, they are pretty accurate. You know, you've got to insert it a certain distance in order for it to be accurate, but um, uh, not to be used in, in uh, competition is an incorrect statement, Rusty. I am going to use them on my briskets this weekend. Just because you have a cannonball in your brisket, it doesn't really matter. So especially if it's in, in the point. So, But um, I actually tell people to use the meter um, rather than the inserted probes that go in because you need to know what those are always off. Uh, if I can just say, you know, they're five, 10 degrees off, so it could be higher, lower, et cetera. I trust the meter. It's much, much more accurate. It's, it's within a, a degree of, or two of my thermopin one or the older MK four, whatever. So the, they're within a, a degree of two. So I, I actually like it. In fact, Traeger had sent me three of them. I gave two, two of them away for Christmas gifts. I kept one and I decided I needed another. So I bought one. Wow. John, your thoughts on accuracy. Uh, I find all of the uh, probes in general these days, very accurate, both cabled and these wireless sticks, either thermistor or thermocouple. They all, they, they're extremely accurate. 
and these wireless products are no exception to that. I think they're spot on accuracy. I can't speak to the ambient temperature side of that. While it does measure measure accuracy, I still have an issue with the distance it is away from the meat. So I am not convinced yet that that ambient reads accurately. Uh, according to Barbecue Whisperer on Twitch.tv slash BBQ Central Show, the Meter Plus has been great for SCA cooks as well. He's using them uh, the last couple of weeks in steak cooks. So that's Barbecue Whisperer over on Twitch weighing in. Uh, part two of this question, will we see a time where the table stakes of remote thermometers is A, truly wireless, meaning Wi-Fi connected to allow roaming wherever you have a cell signal. In other words, put it in, catch a plane, fly to Italy, get your cell signal, and see exactly what's happening in Cleveland or Utah or Texas or Michigan uh, with no problem. Russ, did you see that happening at some point? Uh, 100%. I think that will that will definitely happen, and that's what I'm hoping for. You know, in the evolution of this, I think that's, that is the end evolution. You know, smaller probes, obviously, but the ability to literally check your meat wherever you are. Um, especially in Italy, because man, last time I was in Italy, I was like, what the hell's my, I was wondering where my brisket was and, uh, it was, you know, I couldn't get to it. So John, that's, that would be nice. To have. I, I want to clarify the question a little bit. Um, products have wireless bridges now to have that service available, but it's a standalone unit outside of the cooker. So if your question is, is will they be able to incorporate all that into a six millimeter by six inch? excuse me for mixing the measurements um, into a thing. It's going to take a long time, I think, for the wireless to become that miniature. But with a wireless bridge, it does exist now. So, but standalone, I think we're a ways away from that micro technology. Well, is, but is the bridge working that well? Does it give, does it really? Uh, so for, for instance, with the fireboard, and I know it's not necessarily the same, but you know, that control unit, I assume is it, its own bridge. It's connecting to my local area network. I'm running cabled probes into the meat and it connects to my Wi-Fi. I can go wherever I want in the country and monitor what's going on in that book. Also for my computer, will we have that kind of connectivity? You're saying we have it now, but is it really just as good as the fireboard is? No, um, there's, and keep in mind, my tests are two, three years old and I'm about to start into this new series of testing. Um, all of the Wi-Fi bridges that I've ever touched from these units are complicated. It's cumbersome. It's like when we first got Wi-Fi, period, it didn't work at all or hardly. So, no, the, you, comparing any of these units to the Fireboard, it's it's just not there yet. I, they're not even they're not even in the same league. So, even if there is a bridge, do you think we get to a point where you have a Fireboard experience, but it's just wireless? Yes, at some point we will get there if people keep having demand for these things. Um, we'll see what – I don't see what competition is doing to it and what Traeger decides and who de who they decide to sue to stop them. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Doug, your thoughts? <laughs> nice lead-in, John. Thanks. Um, the – you know the tra the trackers have it right now, but it, you know it's through a wireless cord and temperature probe that goes into your meat, um, and you've you can control the temperature, you can monitor the temperature when you're at Home Depot, the grocery store, etc. So, um, in that you know in that sense, is it wireless? Mm, I mean, it has the ability to control it when I go to Italy and have a, a good pasta meal. 
and then fly back. And when, when I'm on the plane and, and use American airlines, go, go and their, their internet, I can put my grill to keep warm when my brisket's done. But again, they are within a certain uh, degree. You need to, you need to calibrate those, those, uh, thermometers as, as they're connected to the grill. I found that sometimes they're right on, sometimes they're off by five degrees, but if I know if it's off by five degrees, I know that. And then I can just, you know, plan accordingly. I think this is where the next evolution of remote thermometering is going to be. You hear people use the meter or the Yumly. I'm going to have a guy on in an upcoming show from combustion.inc who has wireless thermometers, uh, not Wi-Fi though, and but it looks to be promising. So I think it continues to move that way. I guess my continued litmus test on legitimacy here is A, what is Traeger going to do with the meter, number one? And then number two, if Fireboard isn't doing something without wires, I'm not buying the legitimacy of this whole thing as a market yet. Once they move into that arena or they start at least talking about it. But the constant refrain from uh, Ted Conrad at Fireboard is it just doesn't make sense. There's a lot of electronics and shit that has to go into the tube. How much, how expensive is it going to be if something craps out? You get a $15 probe off the Fireboard website right now, but you're probably going to be looking at 55 or 60 bucks to replace one of those wireless thermometers. So to me, there appears to be still hurdles or barriers to entry for the legitimate player in the game to want to jump in. And until they do it, I'm not necessarily buying in. But I think this is where ultimately it's going to go. I just don't know how long it's going to get there. And it has to perform just like the Fireboard is performing on your phone or on your computer with that walkaway ability. I don't mind having a secondary piece or this bridge, but it's got to work. And it's got to work really well in order for this whole thing to just take off and be whatever the new normal is now, like it is for, for wired. So those are our thoughts on where we're at remote and wireless thermometering at the moment. Uh, question number two or topic number two here. I thought that we were going to see two players in the thermostatically controlled gas grill market by this segment here of the embedded correspondence. However, there is still only one that being the charbroil crews. There have been mixed thoughts on the popularity for thermostatically controlled gas grills. I thought there was going to be universal love. Meathead called the sea change, but the following week, Jess Pryles was tepid at best, and some other folks have been a little poo-poo-y on where the ultimate popularity of something like this might actually hit the market. So, Rusty, in your opinion, where do you see popularity for thermostatically controlled gas grills as they hit the market. I don't think it's going to be a sea change at all. It'll be cool. Like someone like me who's on the fence, you know, of getting one in the first place, might I might consider like coming, you know, into the, the fold a little bit sooner. But I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. It just might be one of those things where someone's looking for a gas grill and go, oh, that one's cool. You know, I don't think we're going to go seek it out and go, hell yeah, let's go get that thermally controlled, you know, unit because – I don't know. I don't really see gas grills, you know, surging in popularity. And I don't think a lot of people use them as much as they used to. And I don't think new technology is going to change that. John, your thoughts? 
Oh, man, you got to take a look at some market numbers if you don't think people are using gas grills. It's still dominating the world and will continue to do so for a very long time. And that said, I think this product is not for any of us or anyone that's listening to my voice right now. I don't think it's its target market. It's not for us. It's for, hey, I bought a sous vide. And then that became us. Hey, I bought an air fryer. It's for the people that want the combo toaster oven uh, sous vide air fryer thing all in one. It's a whole different market. I don't see it being a barbecue and grilling market. I see it being home people. They want to start their own maybe social media thing. It's not easier than a pellet grill. It's the person who buys a $137 charbroil grill and then decides they want to upgrade. I don't think it's for a barbecue and grilling person at all. I think they're chasing a whole new world. Doug. I mean, thermostatically controlled. Okay, you dial in a temperature. Don't you do that when you put it on low, medium, or high anyway? And where is the temperature being measured? So um, I, I just, I, I think they're they're going after, it's more of a marketing thing than it is anything else. When we have a gas grill, we know that the, the temperature on the lid is a certain temperature. We know what it is at the grate because we research it. The average consumer probably doesn't. So maybe it appeals to someone like that. Um, otherwise, it's to me, it's a little duplicative and really not necessary because you know what the temperature difference is. And once you dial a gas grill in, you don't need to really adjust it. You're not adjusting it a lot when you're when you're grilling. So um I just think it's a market that's really not there unless it's more of a marketing ploy to get more people to use it. I agree with John on the first part of this. I think that for those of us that are within this industry that are live fire lovers, we have multiple cookers already. It's nothing that's going to appeal to us unless we're just suffering from multiple cooker syndrome. And it's just going to be another one that we add to the backyard to say that we have one that does something like this. Uh, number one. Uh, number two, I do think that they're going after a market that might be a little fearful of live fire cooking, a man or woman or whatever. Uh, maybe they just haven't had the desire or feel safe enough to deal with something outside of being able to dial in a specific temperature. Well, this would allow them to come in, feel a little bit safer, so now they can say, well, I can dial in a grill at 450 degrees or 600 degrees, or whatever in between. I don't know if that really is something that they can achieve. I don't know if I'm really achieving that on my gas grill anyway, um, but maybe it makes them feel safer or a little bit more in control. So it allows more people to enter in that haven't gotten in before. Where I see this maybe not taking off, this was almost kind of tried a year, or was it a year and a half ago, with something called the Spark Grill. Spark Grill was not a huge grill uh, size-wise. It wasn't, it was thermostatically controlled, uh, kind of. No, it was thermostatically controlled, but it wasn't gas. This was run off a proprietary charcoal brick. You put it in, it was already soaked in some kind of accelerant, and you hit the button and away it went, and you were supposed to get predetermined cook times, predetermined temperatures. There was going to be all these other flavors. Well, where the hell is that thing now? Like, nowhere. If that was going to be the easiest point of entry into charcoal grills, thermostatically controlled gas grills 
is even easier than the brick was going to be. And I think that thing never took off at all. At least it never made any more noise than me having the CEO on the show and talking a little bit about it and never hearing about it again. That's my concern. We'll hear about it. And this will all be proven out over the course of the summer and into the fall once that charbroil thing hits the market. If people are actually buying it, if people are rave reviewing it on Facebook, just like people were taking to Facebook to crap all over the smoke fire when it came out a couple of years ago. If the opposite is happening for the charbroil thermostatically controlled gas grill, then you might see a little bit more momentum built. Where I thought that maybe this would be uh, a sea chain of sorts, as Mead had mentioned, I've backed off my enthusiasm for this here. Uh, last question, and we'll call it an evening here, gentlemen. McDonald's has expanded its experiment with the McPlant Burger, which is created in partnership with Beyond Meat. Thoughts on this overall? Has the hate of plant-based meat subsided? Rusty, go. I certainly hope so, because I got to say those un uh, those Impossible Whoppers are one of my favorites, and I have made a smash burger out of the Impossible meat, and it was better than, I'm not going to say the brand of meat, but it was a really good brand of meat. It was better, and it, they're delicious, and they're good, and I love them, and I hope they continue to do it, because I think it's great. That, Rusty, you you know, got to name the meat now. I mean, real meat versus no, plant meat. That. You got to name it. Isn't that the rule? No names? Uh, no names. Better, better than Bubba's not really saying much. Daniel Vaughn on this show said, we are courageous on this show, but only this that show. Was that yeah, he's a journalist. He has to be. I'm just a, I'm just a norm, normal, everyday <laughs> gentleman. <laughs> yes, rule number one on this show, no names, please. All right. Uh, Doug? Uh, I live in the nation of Texas that we are going to succeed very soon. Of course, still? the hatred. Yeah, uh, yeah. Still, even with a, a faulty electric grid, but uh, the hate of plant-based meat is, even though in Austin is growing, growing. What is it in the lab? They're growing meat or something like that. Yeah, there's still a hatred of plant-based meat. I, yeah, I, I don't think I've even tried it other than one time. Is it becoming more accessible in these mainstream places? More appealing to you or no? Truthfully, I've heard of the, the plant-based stuff on this show more than I have, probably five times more than I have oh. even in the store or anywhere around. So yeah, I know Burger King has it and I've, I've seen the commercials and stuff like that, but the only time I hear about this kind of stuff is on the show. Well, I think that's a firm indicator to both Impossible and Beyond that they should be partnering with the show because you're, they're hearing about it five times more than anywhere else on the show, and that's a world championship pitmaster right there. John, your thoughts on the plant-based? I'll say it for Rusty. Impossible beats the shit out of Beyond. It just does. It's a better product, tastes better. Um, has hate subsided? <laughs> no, I don't think it has. <laughs> and uh, and I don't really care one way or the other. I Beyond totally dominates the market where i live they have a lot of different products you can do a lot of different stuff i try them all not because i give a shit just because i'm in the barbecue and grilling kind of world so i want to you know have first-hand knowledge of what the product is is it good is it not good i don't care if there's eight million four hundred seventy two ingredients in it you know read a box of anything in your house how many ingredients are in a box of cornflakes um i hope the hate subsides and we just let it go i'm not a big lover I don't care. I like meat. I'm not against Beyond Meat. So I hope the hate does subside. It's not going away. 
and uh, we'll see what happens this year. We have talked on the show, as Doug had mentioned, uh, perhaps ad nauseum, as I'm learning, about plant-based meat. We've had America's Butcher on the show talking about plant-based meat. We've had a number of other folks that are in the plant-based meat business talking about plant-based meat. And this has gone on year after year after year after year. Well, guess what? doesn't matter if the hate continues to grow. The overwhelming majority of the statistical data is showing this is 100% accepted. It's here. Hate all you want. It's not going away. Big commercial places like fast food, your favorite restaurant is probably using it. Uh, Chipotle is making plant-based chorizo, some other stuff that they're doing commercials on. So plant-based is here to stay, number one. But number two, and more importantly, I'm not against it. I love options. Variety is what, Rusty? The spice of life. But if it's not healthier, then why in the f*** am I going to not eat just meat? If it's not doing me any better, as John said, there's 847,000 ingredients on the recipe list for Impossible and Beyond Meat. If it's not healthier for me, then why am I not just going to eat regular meat? I'm not a vegetarian. I don't claim to be one or vegan or meat hater or pita friendly or anything like that. If it's not better for me, I'm just going to eat the goddamn meat and that's just going to be it because I like. But if that's not you, you have plenty of other options now. Good for you. It's all over the grocery stores and I love you for it. I would like a healthier option. And it's not that bean shit. I would like Beyond Burger to be better for me, but it's not. So if Beyond Burger or Impossible Burger can make something that's better for me than meat, I'll convert. I'll do it right here on the show. I'll be 100% plant-based eating because it's better for me and it tastes like meat. But it's not. So f*** off. And that's going to do it for the Embedded Correspondence segment this month. John, anything to promote before I let you out tonight? No, man, that was a classic. I'm putting that down in the rat log. That's beautiful. I'm good, everybody. Thanks so much. Rusty, anything to promote on the way out? Yeah, check out the Pitmasters podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And Doug, anything promoting on the way out? I am teaching a Traeger uh, class on February 17th, and I want to promote John's do. He looks good. Oh, yes. Clean and tight. He looks clean and tight. And that was a rant for the ages. Somebody give me a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. That's right. Give me a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. All right. Uh, There they are. The fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour brings the vaunted embedded correspondence. And away they go. We will see them in the end of February. We'll get everybody's recap of Love Month in February as well. So, guys, make sure you're taking notes so uh, we can get all of those sensual moments that you shared mid-February. Oh, yeah. Come on, honey. I got this thermostatically controlled gas grill. You can set it to 350. Oh, yeah. Or if you want, you can crank it up. So really hot, searing hot, where you can seal in those natural juices. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and 
make tracks to get out of here. We don't need that. And we don't need that. And just go all the way back in the first hour. We talked with the unofficial, the officially unofficial trademark and copyright lawyer of the Barbecue Central show, Suzanne Moskowitz of the Moskowitz Firm. MoskowitzFirm.com, her website, or Keep TM, Keep Trademark, KeepTM.com. If you would like an easier way to get to her website, she'll talk to you all about trademarking and copyright protection if you need it. Or she can tell you if you need it. You can ask her some questions. After Suzanne, we talked with Derek Riches, DerekRiches.com. We talked about his thoughts on the new Genesis line relaunch. We talked a little Traeger stuff. And his book is doing very well. So if you need a new cookbook from Barbecue Side, go take a look at that and order one up. Second hour, it was John Solberg. It was Doug Scheiding. It was Rusty Monson. Michigan, Texas, and Utah. Effectively. And uh, not only effectively, but uh, uh, whatever they call it. What do you call it? I don't know. Can't remember. Anyway, English is failing me at this moment as we're closing out the show. Respectively is what I meant to say. Look for them on the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour for another Embedded Correspondence next Friday. So how do I always leave you? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. Sam the Cooking Guy, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Some call him a fool, some even call him a douchebag, but I say Greg Rempe is the greatest thing to happen to barbecue since caveman.